Yeah, let's do it. What You Need to Know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. You are listening to Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Kirk Morrison is in for Sedano. DeMarco Farr is back tomorrow. And then on Friday, we are at Hollywood Park Casino for our big draft party, our fantasy football draft party. Keyshawn's coming in for it. Travis Rogers is going to be by. We're going to be doing a live broadcast from 4 to 7. Looking forward to seeing all the 710 listeners out at Hollywood Park Casino. All right, let's get to it. Laura, what do you say? Hey, guys. Okay, so full disclosure, I was supposed to do this yesterday, but because I have so many, I have a lot of stories saved, I didn't do it. So the Lakers partnered up with UCLA to give out Kobe Bryant little swag bags to babies that were born at the UCLA Mattel uh, Children's Hospital. And basically, if you were some, not all, if you were lucky to get this little swag bag, the parents got two Lakers uh, white T-shirts with a number 24 on it. The baby was wrapped in a Lakers, uh, Lakers, oh my God, I can't talk anymore, Lakers (laughs) blanket and a little beanie that had the number eight on it. And I was like, yo, this is so cute. I love it. Like, as you guys know, I'm a huge Kobe fan. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. And I saw that and I saw all the parents and like they're smart. I mean, they just had a baby. So obviously they're happy. But on top of it, it's just being recognized. You know, I'm sure these are Kobe fans and Laker fans. They are in L.A. And I, I don't know. I thought it was cute. It came with a little letter that said on this special day, we want to honor Kobe Bryant and celebrate you. It says Kobe loved his family, and so this co- on this Kobe day, we're giving you and your family three shirts, two for the loved ones and one for the um, to grow into someday. So it was basically actually three shirts, so the parents and then the baby. It says they concluded the letter with saying Lakers family is for life. I thought it was super cute, and I just wanted to share. And on top of it... God, can we keep those blankets? Y'all know those ugly little blankets that babies get wrapped into when they're born. You guys all know because every hospital has them. They're like blue and purple and white and they look like they're all scratchy and all nasty. These are beautiful blankets. Why can't we just do these? Like, I'm down for that. The article that I was reading uh, on FanNation.com, which is, uh, you know, a Sports Illustrated website, Oh my God! This little baby is so cute, wearing the uh, the Kobe beanie with the eight, mm-hmm. and then wrapped up in the Lakers, uh, you know, blanket. And then you can actually see underneath this blanket. You can see <laughs> it's one of those scratchy, ugly blankets that you're talking about. It's so. I mean, can yeah, we? The, I the just, Motel hmm. Six blankets. Yes. Oh my God! We'll leave like the lights on for you. We need. We need to. We need to petition because like these babies are in rough with these blankets. They are so nasty. Like, That's I saw cute. these, and I'm like, we we really need to petition to have something changed here because these are cute. Yeah, they're really cute. You know, it's interesting you bring this up. I got to say, um, I don't know about you guys, but last night I was watching the Dodgers-Padres game, right? And it's probably at this point in the game, maybe like the sixth or seventh inning, Dodgers are up 5 nothing. I don't really think the Padres pose any threat. I don't think they're planning on coming back. I, I could read the body language. At one point, Fernando Tatis was, was called strike two, and he like bends over, and he's like standing there squatting at home plate. And I'm like, okay, th- th- the Padres pose no threat to the Dodgers. Dodgers are going to win this game. It's 5 nothing. So, Kirk, I go onto my phone, and I, I pull up YouTube because yesterday, Mason and Ireland on their show, um, and I don't think Mace was in yesterday, but they played – the last three minutes of Kobe's last game when they beat Utah. 
And what's awesome about it is, is you've got John Ireland on the call and you've got Michael Thompson on the call as well. And they, they put together the radio audio with the television video. And so because they played the last three minutes of the game on the radio yesterday, um, DeMarco and I were talking about, you know what, I really want to go watch the video of the radio audio. So I, I got bored during the middle of the game. It was 5 nothing Dodgers, and I turned on the video. I am so glad I did it, although I wish I would have done it yesterday before we came on the air. I am so mm. glad I went back and I watched that because you forget, it's not just that Kobe scored 60 points in the game. There was about three minutes to go or so, something like that, and he was at about 48 points or so. And the, the Lakers were down pretty big still. Not only did he wind up scoring 60 points in the game and the crowd is losing their minds and everybody's on their feet and you've got celebrities all over the court, but not only did they come back and win the game, they were down big, they came back and won. Kobe, in like those last few minutes, scored 10 points. If you... If you you may remember it from way back when, but I would tell you, take take 10 or 12 minutes out of your day, because even though it's the last three minutes of the game, it lasted like 12 minutes. All right. Go watch this on YouTube, and make sure you watch the Ireland-Michael uh, Thompson call, so that's the audio that goes alongside the video. That's the one you got to watch. It was amazing, and I know we're coming off Mamba Day yesterday, 824, and the day before that was Kobe's birthday, but... Kirk, I don't know what you what you remember about that, but I went back and rewatched last night. It was awesome. Oh man, it was one of the uh, first of all. I always remember because it was an opportunity that I thought about: can I make it? Can I go? And then I start seeing some of the prices the, of the tickets for that Kobe game, and it was just out of my budget. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like my budget, it wasn't it wasn't right. But to watch that and the people who were in attendance, and I remember I had a buddy of mine. Uh, his girlfriend bought him these tickets earlier in the year, last game of the season. He had no idea. Then all of a sudden he realized I got the tickets to Kobe's last game. So we were debating because he was like, look, man, I want to go. It's Kobe's last game. But the seats where he was at, he says, look, man, I can get uh, right now. They were going for like five grand a piece. And he was like, man, what do I do? Like, you know, do I get five grand a piece, 10 grand for two tickets or do I go to Kobe's last game? And he debated this for a long time. And then finally he just said, I'm going to go to the game. And everybody's like, oh, no, really? And literally the first person who I text after that game was my buddy. And told him that was probably a moment you will never, ever forget. Never, ever forget that last game, just the intensity. And for me, just watching Kobe on the on the end of the bench, like breathing the way that he was, he was tired. Yeah, I like I saw a person that literally gave the his last to basketball in that night. Like when someone say when they give that term, hey, leave it on the court. Oh, I saw someone leave it on the court. And if that, that's the definition, was Kobe that night. Um, I'm gonna relive that call again. I'm listening to it again. But man, so many memories of watching that game because watch it from home, and I was kicking myself like, man, I should have just bit the bullet and just. Went to see greatness one more time. Yeah, and I was I was watching the video, and and you know you you forget about who was there, and you know maybe the who was there wasn't quite as oh, important, yeah. but but Jay-Z, you couldn't everybody. help. But you, right, you couldn't help. The, the cameras were catching. I mean, Jay Z was mm-hmm. there, um, Jack Nicholson obviously was there. Um, they they there was uh, Kanye was there, as oh, I recall. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, then they showed uh, like Arsenio Hall and George Lopez were together sitting courtside. And I'm trying to think of other celebs that happened to be there that were caught on camera. But you you realized this was such a monster event. Everybody knew it was Kobe's last game. So they all showed up. But mm -hmm. no one knew that they were going to be down big and that right. Kobe was going to go on this second-half tear. And then in these final few minutes, whether it was short-range jump shots, long-range three-pointers, um, you know, passing, rebounding, you, you just – like I literally – I knew it happened. I remembered watching it, you know? I remember talking about it on the air the next day. Because as I recall, it may have been on like a Wednesday night. But right. the thing is, is that when you go back, if you, um, anybody who's listening right now, if you're a Kobe Bryant fan, Laura, this was a great story that you brought up. If you have not like thought about it, even though you heard about it yesterday, I'm telling you, man, take some time. Greg, Laura, I don't know if you guys did this or not, because I know that, that Mason and Ireland played it on the radio. But if you haven't had a chance to go watch the video put together with Ireland and Michael's call, it's awesome. And it brings back, man, a lot of memories. Yeah, I've seen it, and it is absolutely fantastic. I actually got to live it. I was there with Ireland, and Ireland was wow. sending me around wow. to get people on the air. I got people like Jack Nicholson on the air. We had you know, Snoop and Arsenio oh, wow. Hall and Derek Fisher, Rick Fox. We just uh, he, All he said was, here's a microphone and like a headset with a microphone attached. Go ahead and just talk to all the celebrities. And so I just walked around and with this headset, and I just started handing it to people, saying, "Hey, can you come on for just a couple minutes to say something about Kobe?" This is and they had game? a whole bunch of people. This Greg, this is, is this in-game broadcast? Yes, or is this like post-game. In-game in wow. broadcast. Wow. Yeah. So that was that was this was that last game was the highlight, by far the highlight of my career. Wow. in sports radio because I was there at the game running at one point I got to sit on the floor because I needed somewhere to sit while I had this microphone and I was sitting next to Robert Ori it was the most amazing thing ever Did that's you, awesome because uh, because they showed Shaq also and you know and and by this time you know Shaq and Kobe they'd had their problems but they kind of had you know made up obviously that's why Shaq was there that night and and Kobe comes off the floor. This is late, late in the game. He's soaked, sweating. You know, he's he's breathing heavy. Ireland's on the radio going, dude, he is so tired. He you know, you could see his mouth was open. He was breathing so heavy. And Shaq and Kobe, Shaq in a suit and Kobe in uniform, they were hugging it out and the game was still going on, which was really cool. Yeah, man. He left it on the floor that night. So left it, like all of it. <laughs> Greg, that's and actually interesting. I, I, I can't believe you didn't tell me that before because that's – so Snoop Dogg. Um, Jack say, Nicholson, uh, Arsenio. Uh, Arsenio Hall. I talked to David Beckham. I talked to Kanye and Lamar. Ooh, look at you. Um, was – went up to – yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, all I, because it went to the thing like don't be afraid. Most of them are going to say no, but just don't be afraid. Walk yeah. right up to them and be like, hey. Just be assertive when you ask people. It's just yeah. like, hey. Hey, Who you got two no? minutes. Who, Who said, said no? no? Uh, Kanye said no. Lamar said no. David Beckham said no. Um, but most of the people said yes. I mean, even if, if Jack is going to say yes, most people are going to say yes. Did you tell David Beckham that Jack just said yes? No, Jack was actually, or David Beckham was a little bit earlier, and so no, he said. So no. shout out to David Beckham who said no to Greg, but you know what? You should have said yes, calling you guys out. Right? Yes. So All the people that going, said no. Did you try going back to Beckham afterwards and going, no. hey, Jack Nicholson just? Said <laughs> oh yes. yeah, let me go back. And you, and you didn't? No, no, no. What's great about it though is that if you listen to Ireland tell the story, because he tells the story a lot on Mason and Ireland. 
he starts adding in people all the time. <laughs> like the, the amount of people and who I get keeps getting larger and larger. Like I got the Queen that's of like, England one time. I think. No way. No, no, nice. I'm, I'm pretty that's sure. A good that's what, that's what, <laughs> Cause she was there. She was there. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, cool, man. Funny. Well, Laura, great story today. And, uh, and I'm glad we, we talked about it. Cause like I said, last night I got a little bored during the game. You know, the Dodgers were up five, nothing. I didn't think the Padres posed any threat yeah, at all. So I was like, you know what? Screw it, man. I'm going to go watch this, this last three minutes of the Kobe game. So glad I did that. Nice. All right. All right. Coming up. Listen, um, coming up, ESPN has a series of podcasts, a 30 for 30 podcast series. And the one that's coming up is called The King of Crenshaw. It's about Nipsey Hussle. And the producer slash host of this podcast is Justin Tinsley. He's going to join us on the way and explain why Nipsey became such an important part of so many athletes' lives. Justin Tinsley will join us next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Kirk Morrison is in for Sedano. And coming up in just a couple of minutes, Justin Tinsley is going to join us. He's the host of the 30 for 30 podcast. All right, good. He's standing by. That's great. This 30 for 30 podcast series, there are four episodes. It's all about Nipsey Hussle and about how he impacted people in sports and um let's talk to justin and find out what's going on hey justin welcome to sedano and cap kirk morrison is in how you doing man hey man how you doing pleasure uh thanks for having me yeah thank you man i'm, I'm looking forward to it so i gotta say um nipsey hustle it just so happens that i knew you were coming on today and i i on my peloton class this morning my favorite instructor alex toussaint had a yeah. this is club bangers his <laughs> class he had a, a song a nipsey hustle song called last time that i checked and i swear to you i've been listening to this song i'm watching this video all day long so i'm happy to have you on you know oh that's awesome i'm on peloton too i needed to take his club bangers class again because the last time i did it that wasn't on there so that's good to know <laughs> yeah i like his uh 30 minute club bangers sometimes i'll take a 45 minute club bangers Ooh, but uh, i love alex toussaint Ooh. man yeah yeah, Alex Tucson is definitely my favorite trainer on there. Yeah, right on. Uh, Kirk, are you uh, are you pelotoning with us? Yeah, I'm pelotoning with you. <laughs> yeah, I know that 30 minute club bangers uh, got the nip on there now. So, okay, yeah, now, now I gotta I gotta go upgrade. I gotta go find which one of this club bangers here on Peloton, man. Cool. I'm right. I'm, I'm I, joining I, the Peloton. My workout tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah there we go. I, we're all going to need to follow each other on Peloton. So, so Justin, tell Absolutely. us about tell us about this 30 for 30 podcast series that you're doing about Nipsey Hussle and, and explain for those who don't know because I will include myself in this what made him so influential in the sports community well this is an idea that uh that's been on the table for a long time uh, just to give you a quick backstory of what it was what it is actually uh one of my closest friends he was the guy who actually put me on the Nipsey's music a long time ago like in the late 2000s uh, in 2018, he he hit me asking, would I be interested in doing something sports related for Nipsey because he was a huge sports fan, 
and his debut album Victory Lap had just come out at that point in time. And he was really good friends with Nipsey's publicist at Atlantic Records at the time, uh, Brittany Bell. And so Brittany and I spoke briefly, uh, maybe once or twice. We came up with an idea. I wanted to examine, you know, Nipsey's relationship with a bunch of athletes, in particular NBA players, because there always seemed to be like a deeper connection there between he and guys like Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Isaiah Thomas, DeMar DeRozan, and so forth. And, you know, the early, I don't want to make it seem like the, the, the idea was about to happen in 2018. It was still very, very early on in the discussion process. And it just never, it, it, it never happened. Although Nipsey was reportedly, uh, as it was told to me, he was very excited about the idea and wanted to get it done because he loved the NBA. But of course, you know, uh, unfortunately, Nipsey passed away in 2019. And I just knew that I couldn't let the idea just sit on the shelf with him not being here. I had to somehow bring it to life because I knew he was excited about the idea as well. And that, and the, those connections he had with NBA guys, it wasn't just famous famous artists and famous basketball players. These were guys who uh, had a lot of shared shared life experiences. They weren't just, you know, admirable of each other for, for what Nipsey did in the booth and what they did on the basketball court. They kind of saw each other, and they kind of saw the other in themselves. Like they respected each other's hustle, they respected each other's grind, and they respected the process that it took to get there. And at the end of the day, man, that 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 bond was really based off a real and genuine friendship that required nothing other than the other person just being another person, just just being a per- just being a friend to the other person. And that that's what this podcast is really about. It's 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 deep, but it's really about like true and genuine friendship. You know, Justin, one thing that I, I always saw with Nipsey, uh, being out here in Los Angeles throughout, you know, my time going from college, my college years, my NFL years, was that you go around to the social scene, right? You go to a lot of clubs and, and places like that. And Nipsey Hussle was a guy who was on the scene. But I always mm-hmm. felt that he grew up also with that gener- with this whole entire generation of basketball players. And they all mm-hmm. looked at each other and saw as James Harden was growing, as you know, you can throw in the Tyson Chandlers, you can throw in Russell Westbrook, the holiday, like the basketball players from Los Angeles, including like Baron Davis, some of these pioneers, they all saw Nipsey grow just as much as he saw them grow. I think that's a lot of where that connection comes from. Were you able to, to show those types of connections with um, how all of these guys came up together? Absolutely. I mean, when you talk about the connection that is one of the main characters in this podcast is Los Angeles. Like Los Angeles is, you know, irreplaceable to this story. And when you talk about guys from L.A., even though Westbrook and and Harden aren't in, aren't in, aren't, excuse me, aren't in this series, that is a very real connection there. DeMar DeRozan talks about it a lot lot in, in, in the series. And not to give anything away because this doesn't do that. But, you know, growing up, it wasn't about like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a lawyer. You know, you want to be like the guy who's from your neighborhood. You want to be like the guy from, from your neighborhood who you feel has made it in a, in a very admirable and, and respectable type of way. So when Nipsey would come out with his music and especially guys from LA would hear, they would see the grind. They would understand. They knew that everything that Nipsey had to endure, whether it be in the streets, whether it be in the industry and still come out, uh, with with this pride intact, with this integrity intact, like again, it's these shared life experiences that really drew these guys to him and Nipsey to these guys. 
So, Justin, we're talking to Justin Tinsley here today on Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. He's got a brand new 30 for 30 podcast series called The King of Crenshaw. It's a four-episode series, and it's all about Nipsey Hussle and the relationship that he had and that NBA players had in particular. And By the way, Justin, jump right in if you don't feel like I'm doing a good job of describing it because I haven't heard it yet. But I want to say this. What I learned about Nipsey Hussle after he died was very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. What kind of a business person he was in his community. And one of the things that really struck me was he had this quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it sitting in front of me, but essentially what it was was this. He was saying that when someone like himself uses Twitter, what he's doing is he's lining the pockets of the company Twitter. He, he was saying, mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got an audience, I'm using their platform, but I'm making them money. And, and it, it just struck me because... He was kind of one of the first people to really bring that up, that if you have influence, yeah, you're using their platform and maybe you're perpetuating your brand, but in actuality, what you're doing is you're making a whole bunch of other people money. He was a real business mind, is what I learned about Nipsey Hussle. Absolutely, man. And part of that is because, uh, you know, he, he was very close with his father, and his father moved to, to Los Angeles, to the United States in the 70s to escape the political and the social tour turmoil, excuse me, rather, uh, of his home com- country, Eritrea. But when Nipsey, his older brother, Sam, a.k.a. Black Sam, and their father took a trip to Eritrea in the early 2000s, that was a trip that really changed Nipsey's life and how he understood his place in the world. He understood that that was a country that relied on self-sufficiency. That was a country that relied on independence. And if you go back and look at Nip- the, the trajectory of Nipsey's career, a lot of those same principles that he learned from a, a visit in Eritrea he applied that to his career. So when you see Nipsey make these these business moves, whether it be opening a clothing store on Crenshaw and Slauson in, in South LA, or whether it be uh, opening you know a, a Vector ninety or a Too Big to Fail, which serves as a pipeline to Silicon Valley for you know young kids from the inner city, you know basketball players see this as well. And it's not to say not to say that Nipsey directly inspired you know, at NBA players in the 2010s to really hone and embrace their, their, their business savvy. But when you see somebody that you respect actually doing these type of things in their community, it, ha- it, it is inspiration and it will be inspiration. So, you know, all of these things tie together and all the pieces matter. So, yes, Nipsey was absolutely a business man. And it's, it's because he had, a, he had a savvy business man, rather. And it's because of how he grew up and what he came to understand about his place in the world and and the value of independence and the value of self-reliance and the value of understanding that, you know, money is money is a form of power and, and poverty is control. And he didn't want to be controlled anymore. You know, Justin, one of the great photos of Nipsey Hussle, and he has so many of them, too, so many of them. Right. But one of the great photos for me always is him in a Lakers jersey, that Magic Johnson yeah. jersey, in the background of I think LeBron's first year with the Lakers and Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul get into this altercation on the court. And the picture is of Nipsey Hussle kind of pulling up his pants as if he was ready to get into the action. And it just goes to show you how much love and passion he also had for the purple and gold. For sure, man. Like, it's so great you bring that up because anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast yet, there's a scene – uh, about that actual moment in uh, episode one. And I think that was kind of a lot of people's introduction to Nipsey Hussle in terms of just like his connection to the basketball world outside of 
if you really knew Nipsey, you you knew you knew he was long connected to the to the basketball world in terms of just his friendships and uh, just showing up at events like Russell Westbrook's Thanksgiving Drive and you know helping pass out food and turkeys and things of that nature. But the the meme moment at that Lakers game was uh, was was that was a big moment. And he he talks about it. He was like, I was never going to jump in an NBA fight, but. That was a guy who's been in situations like that before. That was a guy whose life experiences had taught him, like, all right, there's a fight boiling over here. You know, I just need to get ready just in case I need to, you know, get out the way, defend myself, do whatever. But, you know, it, it's, it's that was that was really one of those great moments. And honestly, I was actually at that game that night. I was in Staples for LeBron's debut uh, with the Lakers, and uh, I remember seeing Nipsey at the game. I didn't see Nipsey during that moment. It wasn't until maybe about five minutes later during a TV timeout or something like that, I checked my phone, and that's when the, the, the image started to, uh, to circulate. I'm like, damn, was Nipsey about to jump in the fight? But, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he, clar- he clarified the TMZ the next day. He was like, "Now nah, I got friends on both sides. I was just trying to protect myself. But that is, that is a classic meme for sure. So, so Justin, the, the podcast, the 30 for 30, it's called The King of Crenshaw, and do do all four episodes drop at the same time, or is it like you know, is it staggered? Yep. You know, what should we let everybody who's listening on radio know? No, I'm 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 really glad you asked that. So all four episodes are out right now. They dropped on they dropped on Monday, and I've been you know I've been monitoring the feedback via social media. It's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I'm I'm really humbled by that. And uh, we do have a bonus fifth episode that drops uh, next Monday, August 30th. So be on the lookout for that. But you can binge watch episodes one through four as, you know, as, soon as, this, as soon as this interview is over, of course. But as soon as it's over, you can go binge, not binge watch, but binge listen to uh, episodes one through four. And it's perfect for if you want to get like a, a long Peloton ride in, if you got a long drive. It's perfect for that. Or if you just want to listen to it, stagger it out, however you want to do it, you can do it. Just listen to all four and listen to the fifth one on Monday. Hey, Justin, I just followed you on Twitter. What is your Peloton name so I can follow you tomorrow? Oh, man, my Peloton name is Justin Tinsley 21. All right. All right. <laughs> real, real easy. Go. I'm going to follow you, and then I'm going to start look. Then I'm going to start looking at your workouts, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I need it, man. I did a 45-minute workout the other day. I didn't think I was going to make it, man. My legs was wet noodles after that. <laughs> <laughs> wet noodles. Oh, All right, man. We'll have to start comparing stats. Hey, Justin, congratulations on this 30 for 30 podcast. Can't wait to listen, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Looking forward to your feedback. All right, right on. Justin Tinsley, the host of the 30 for 30 podcast called The King of Crenshaw. And, uh, hey, congratulations to him. That sounds like a really cool thing. Kirk, I didn't know a whole lot about Nipsey Hussle, if I'm being totally honest, man. Yeah. And then he died, and I started hearing about this guy, and I was like, whoa, wait a second. And, and the business moves, I was just so blown away by it. And so I'm looking forward to taking a listen to this. Uh, Kirk Marson, coming up, the most highest, the most, the highest rated segment on the show, everybody's favorite, Big Deal or No Deal is next. This is 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Thank you very much. And we are going to start with Kirk. Kirk, big deal or no deal is how this how it works. It's either a big deal or no deal. It's pretty straightforward. Um, in the Get biggest, Kirk, uh-huh. big deal, no deal. We got yeah, it. So big tough. deal or no deal, one or the other. All <laughs> right. So in the biggest shock of the entire off season in the NFL, nobody could have ever guessed this would happen. Urban Meyer has named Trevor Lawrence as the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shock and awe. Well, that was obviously going to happen, but. Urban is also starting Lawrence in the third and final preseason game. Is this a big deal or no deal? Uh, this is a big deal because Trevor Lawrence needs as much help as he can. An extra preseason game will help him out. Um, he's stuck there for five years, six years. I don't know how long he's stuck there, but he's stuck in Jacksonville. <laughs> stuck. He's stuck. <laughs> Let's just be real. Um, and no offense to my Jaguar fans. I spent a year down there, a great year, 2010. Good people. Great organization just there's a stigma behind it and trust me no one's going to watch a ton of jaguars game this year that's it only way you're watching trevor lawrence is if he's on your fantasy squad so any extra reps that he can get it's a big deal so him starting the third preseason game him being named the starter for the regular season yes this is a big deal because he is right now the only reason why people will watch jaguar games sorry urban meyer yeah, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to say no deal. Here's why. Um, because the question was, you know, is it a big deal that he's going to start? Is it a big deal or no deal that he's going to start the final preseason game? I'm with you, Kirk. I mean, this kid needs as much playing time as he can get to catch up to the speed of the NFL game. And so playing him however long they choose to play him in the third preseason game, you don't want to protect him right now, per se. You want to play him right, right now. You want him to have film so that he can study it after this game. So for me, um, it's not a surprise that he's starting. It is not a surprise that he's playing in the third preseason game. And so for me, it's not a big deal at all because it was expected. And I'm with you, by the way. I mean, he's stuck down there. It, it's kind of like Matthew Stafford. ESPN did yes. this whole big story Correct. today, oh, this yeah. ESPN cover story about Stafford. Number one overall pick, and after all these years in Detroit, he like literally cries to the ownership of the Lions, I got to get out of here. You know, I've been stuck here. I've been putting up numbers. I've been trying. We made it to a couple of playoffs. But, you know, I can't win here. And I think Trevor Lawrence, certainly under Urban Meyer, is not going to win in Jacksonville. So no deal mm-hmm. for me. All right, next, Laura. Mm. All right, Cap, are, are we all Karate Kid fans here? Yeah. The movies? Co- yeah, movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. Co- Cobra Kai fans, all that stuff, yeah. just anything Karate Kid? All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Deadline, Karate Kid the musical is going yeah. to start making its pre-Broadway run starting next year. Is Karate Kid the musical, Cap, a big deal or no deal? I'll say it's no deal, and it's I'm only saying no deal because I don't think it's a big deal, but I will say this. I love Broadway musicals. Um, if it were available and I were around, I'd love to see it. Um, I like when Broadway musicals are brought up through small theaters and then finally make it to the big stage. So I like stories like this because it's not that dissimilar to sports. You know, there's, there's a minor league circuit. You got to work it out there. And then you finally mature, and you're ready for the bright lights. So I like it, but I don't think it's a big deal. 
Kirk? Yeah, this is a little deal. I, I would think it's a bigger, I would hope that it would be a bigger deal because I was a Cobra Kai fan, right? Put him in a body bag, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my thing, man. I loved it. And then, you know, it took place here in, in Southern California, down there in Reseda. <laughs> that's the first time I ever heard of Reseda, by the way. That's, I think that's the most famous part of the C- Reseda was that it was in, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Karate Kid Part 1, right? I think. Yep. Because I think we, no one ever heard of Reseda outside of Karate Kid Part 1. Anyway, but I also think that this, um, it, it's only going to be able to, it's only be, what, geared to a certain genre Right. Like, think about it. Like when I hear every time I see uh, what's the play that comes out now, the musical, everybody wants to Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, like every time Hamilton's in, like everybody's going to go see Hamilton, like everybody. But who's really going to see Karate Kid, though? That's why I think it's a little deal. Like, is is this like is this a good date musical to go see? Like, hey, me and my girl went to go see the Karate Kid musical. I don't know how many women may be wanting to see that. It's more of a guy's thing. And I don't know, like a group of guys, like 10 guys going to see a musical. So I, I agree with you for the most part. I just think that because Cobra Kai, the the Netflix series, has been so big and is really mm. getting people to start watching the old movies again, that maybe, maybe it, it brings into a new set of fans. It's not just the people that watched it in the 80s. Well, would, the you see, would you go see another musical? Would you go see another play, Kirk? Would you go see The Lion King? Would you go see Wicked? Would you go see any of these kinds of shows? Yes. I think but remember, Lion King appeals to all age groups, right? The age demographic on that. I did see someone talk about would we all go see if Back to the Future became a musical? Absolutely. How about I think I would see that. Did you see did you would you see or have you seen did you see Jersey Boys? No, I haven't seen that, but I remember the the, the movie. Yeah. Well, that's funny because the 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 Broadway show actually was long before the film came out. Jersey Boys, another great one. I, I just love Broadway musicals. My biggest issue is I haven't seen Hamilton because I started watching it on Disney Plus and I'm like, you know what? Watching it on television, not not the same deal. Like watching a movie, one thing. Watching a musical, uh, a Broadway show, not the same deal. I want to see it. I want to see it in a theater. All right, well, cool. Uh, let's uh, next one, please, Laura. Thank you. All right, Kirk. Damian Lillard has made it clear he wants help. So <laughs> Portland management went out and got. Um, did they get anyone? No. no, 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 they sure didn't. <laughs> well, maybe that's why Dame was on an IG Live today and someone asked him, when are you leaving PDX? And he responded with, I'm not leaving PDX. Not yet, at least. Is that not yet at least part a big deal or no deal? Oh, it's a big deal. Oh, it's a uh, matter of fact, is it, let's go huge deal. That's bigger than big. So huge deal. Because the last person I heard say, Something to that equivalent was the final game for the Rams after after they had just lost to the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. And in his post-game interview, Sean McVay said, someone asked him, is Jared Goff your quarterback uh, for the future or next year? (laughs) He said, he's our starting quarterback right now. Yeah, right. And then we all know what happened like a couple weeks later. He was traded for Matthew Stafford, enter Stafford, then, you know, Jared Goff goes over to Detroit. So that little piece at the end by Dame Lillard right now, yeah, this is a big deal, huge deal. That that PDX, the Trailblazers organization, they're on notice right now. They got one year to get this thing right, and Dame Dollar, come on down to L.A. Come on down. I would agree it's a big deal. I mean, sending out a warning shot to your organization 
is, I mean, to, to say it so publicly, when probably most of us could figure out that he's thinking that anyway, but seriously, to say it publicly on social media, you know, I'm, I'm fine here for now. And how, how exactly did he phrase it, Greg? Uh, he said, I'm not leaving PDX. Not yet, at least. Yeah, not yet, at least. Not yet, or right now. Yeah, that means something in the future. I could yeah. be gone. I mean that that is I mean that that is a warning shot to the organization, which is you know what, um, Portland may be a fine town. I don't really know Portland at all, but for Dame Lillard, he's looking for for could be bigger market, could be bigger brand. Um, definitely is looking for how do I win. You know, how do I go to an organization that can surround me with winning? As you start to see LeBron and AD, and then they're able to get Russell Westbrook, you're like Dame Lillard. You're like, who could I get to come here to play with me? And the answer is nobody. So I think uh, sending that warning shot to the organization is a very big deal. All right, Laura, next, please. All right, this will be the last one, Cap. We talked a bunch about Josh Rosen and how he could possibly done, be done in the NFL already yeah. after being uh, waived by the San Francisco 49ers. Right. But the Atlanta Falcons have picked up Josh Rosen, and he will be playing in the third and final preseason game for the Falcons. So was this move by the Falcons a big deal or no deal? Well, I'd say it's a, a big deal for Josh Rosen because it gives him another opportunity and as I recall, uh, what happened was Atlanta lost their backup quarterback, A.J. McCarron, who's a former Alabama quarterback. He tore an ACL. So all of a sudden, Atlanta had a roster spot available, and they said, well, why not kick the tires? Because you got to remember, it's only been three years or four years, 2018, I think it was, when Josh Rosen was a first-round draft choice. And when you go back and you look, we talk about which rookie quarterbacks are going to play. We were just talking about Trevor Lawrence. There's there's a lot of talk about Mac Jones. Uh, is that his name? Mac, uh, what's the kid's name up in, in New England? Kirk? Yeah, Mac Jones. You got it. Is, okay. So, and then there's, there's all these five rookie quarterbacks that are all vying for playing time. In San Francisco, they're like, yeah, we kind of know what we're going to do, but we're not going to tell anybody what we're going to do. That sort of indicates to me that they're really giving consideration to Trey Lance, who's been very good in the preseason. Um and, and in their practices. So it's an opportunity for Josh Rosen, who was a former first-round draft choice. First-round draft choice quarterbacks always get extra consideration. You got to kick the tires on the guy if you have an opening. Atlanta did. For Josh Rosen, it's a big deal. Um, This is a little deal. It's the third preseason game, throwaway. He'll start because he could be just a camp arm, too. You know what I mean? Just like, hey, man, get out there. Just go play. Right. We got to get through this game. I think the Rams aren't playing Stafford. The Rams probably won't play John Walford. It'll be the Bryce Perkins show again this week for the Rams. I think the same thing with Josh Rosen. Hey, go out there. Just see what you can do. The only other quarterback on the roster is Felipe Franks. And a lot of people have talked highly of Felipe Franks, by the way, the backup quarterback behind Matt Ryan. But for Josh Rosen, could this be his last, his final audition We'll see. But, yeah, I just think it's a little deal for him. Josh Rosen, so much – it seems like everything that was said about him before the draft – remember, the, like, they always had that negative comment section? Yeah. And guys use it as motivation, but yet that negative section actually came true. He was kind of hard to deal with, not really a true guy who's focused on football. He has a lot going on. He was babied as a kid, all this different stuff. I don't know, but – it just seemed like, man, for a guy to get drafted that high and be on his fifth team in like five, I think three years, pretty bad. Yeah, but you think about it. That guy walked into Arizona his rookie year, and they threw him right in. And he played, and he wasn't great. 
he was a rookie quarterback playing on what was then a bad football team, and they immediately changed coach, decided to go in a different direction in terms of style of quarterback, and he just can't find a home. And and Kirk, as you you'll know, I mean, you get to this point where nobody wants you anymore, and you got your signing bonus, and you got your first few years of of salary. That is not lifetime money. You're going to have to go find a, a job, a career, and you're like in your mid twenties and. Like what happened here? I was a I was a star at UCLA, even though he wasn't really great. I was a first round draft choice. I was starter in the NFL. Now I'm out of football. I mean, that could happen for him like right away. I want to say that his dad is a surgeon, by the way. <laughs> so I don't know if he can work with pops. I don't know what he's got <laughs> going on, but he still could be a quarterback. I would go find Rich Gannon. I would go find um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I will find all these other guys who didn't start off. With the with the uh, you know the best start to their careers, but could find a way to get back out there, and you never know. He can go to Canada. He can come back like Warren Moon, Doug Flutie. If you really want it, you can go get it. Just don't do me like Tim Tebow, man. Tim Tebow, I'm glad that he's done. It's over. So you with. you don't you don't see uh, you don't see him moving to tight end at anytime soon. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean that Tebow block for people who haven't seen Tim Tebow block, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. <laughs> well, it was so bad that. His old college coach and even the owner of the Jaguars like, okay, fine. He can't play. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, we just can't do this. Uh-uh. All right, there you go. That's big deal or no deal. Speaking of big deals, it's a big deal that you call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call our friends at Sam and Ash Law, 1-800-304-2000. 1-800-304-2000 because you, Greg Bergman, you, sir, deserve what's right. Coming up, well, the challenge has been laid down for the milk crates. I want to hear what Kirk Morrison has to say about the milk crate challenge. We'll get there coming up. I just got my baseball glove. <laughs> I'm going to take man. it with me tonight to Petco <laughs> Park. Are you in the, st the outfield stands? Yeah, let me tell you where I'm at. Um, I'm going to be tonight, if you're watching the game, <laughs> there's a part of this baseball park, Petco Park. It's called the Templeton Whiskey. I, I don't know, something like that. Um, every time I saw it, I was like, Gary Templeton, was he that big of a star that he's got a whole section named after him? I didn't think so. So anyway, um, it's out in like right center field and it's apparently like this party section. Frankly, I've never been out there and it's like tables literally right on the wall. So, you know, I'm going to be Kirk in what I would call right center field home run territory. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and who knows, maybe I'll, maybe I'll catch one, but if I do, okay, if I do. I actually will not have my baseball glove with me. I will be, I'll either catch it with a beer cup or I'll catch it with my bare hand like the Little League coach that I am was. I'm going to catch it barehanded. I'm going to get and a home run. You have your eyes closed, correct, right? Like the people right. in the stands? <laughs> right, like all those people in the stands. Kirk, you eyes know what's going to happen, right? The ball's going to come to him. He's going to close his eyes. He's going to smack him in the face. And he's going to be number one on SportsCenter Top 10. <laughs> hey, if that happens, that'll be really good for this show. I'll tell you that right <laughs> it now. Would be that'd be great. Be great. That'd be great be for awesome. ratings. You yeah, know? so I mean, I mean, not to get in too deep on this one, but uh, like, what does Scott Kaplan wear to a ball game? Well, that is a uh, that is a good question. Mm. That is a good yeah. question tonight. A lot because of people. I, as been... I look at the picture of the fans from last night, mm -hmm. they were really too much Southern California cool. They weren't. They weren't. Uh, what's the term you use, Laura, for the Dodger fans? They weren't repping like they should have. Oh, like the Padre fans weren't repping. The Padre but, fans be soft. Okay, they soft. We they, they, we hood. 
They, they yeah, they looked hooked. like they were at the beach last night. Like, the, it, look at the picture again <laughs> of the fans in San Diego. The sun is in my eyes. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! That's I'm how saying they Dodger fans ain't rolling to the game like that. They coming with the authentic jersey, a shirt. I mean, it's be a Fernando Valenzuela jersey, whatever. They coming with everything. Yes. We, we hood, man. The authentic jersey is a little expensive. You know, <laughs> we, we don't always rock the authentic stuff, but we they look good. They're going to bring a jersey now. But so, we look good. I got, I got two t-shirts sitting right got, in front Kat? of me right now. I've got one that is the swag chain that the Padres have become famous for. But last night, they were down 5 nothing, And they hit a home run, and Manny Machado gives the, this guy, Jerickson Profar, this swag chain, like, Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. We're down by three runs. We're not going to come back and win. I can't believe I'm still giving you this swag chain. To me, if you've got an award for somebody for doing something great in a game, that means you can't be down by three runs. You know, if you tie the game at five apiece, give somebody the swag chain. If you're down by three runs, you keep that swag chain on the bench. So that's my first T-shirt. The other one is my L.A. Cap T-shirt. So it's the Dodgers logo. And instead of it saying Dodgers, it says my last name, Kaplan. And where the L.A. is in my last name, K-A-P-L-A-N, where it says um, the L.A., it's the Dodger L.A. logo. So I've got, I've got two T-shirts here. I've got the L.A. cap T-shirt, and I've got the swag chain T-shirt. And I'm not into jerseys and stuff, so I don't know what I'm going to wear. You don't know what you're going to wear, huh? No. Well, it's going to be a game-time decision, Kirk game- Morrison. <laughs> so is it one of those things where you pull up to, the, to, to Petco and you see that you're definitely surrounded by three-quarters Dodger fans, and you're just like, hey, <laughs> let's go Dodgers! Yeah, let me put on this L.A. Cap shirt. <laughs> yeah. Fit right in. Kaplan, <laughs> I'm going to come in here because I love interrupting you guys, as you guys can tell. Um, <laughs> sorry, boys, but not sorry. You should definitely text a picture of the shirt so Kirk can visually see. <laughs> I'm just Cap. saying, right, in our group chat. And okay. they might, you know, kind of be on social. You know, we might let the people decide. Yeah. But no cap. no cap. My my, I saw both of them, and I've seen him with his ugly swag shirt shirt because you know that's the, the Padres have issues with that, but that's a whole other situation. When you showed me the Kaplan L.A. at first, I was like, mm-hmm, you know, maybe, maybe, but nah. I think you should take your swag chain one because you're a Padres fan, so I definitely think you should keep repping your team and take that. All right, I'm going to put this out on uh, – I'm going to give this to you guys right here to take a look at, and then maybe Kirk can, can figure out what I should do. But um, listen, I am uh, – I've told you guys this. I, I, I'm, I'm a supporter and an observer, and I am not a homer. And I yeah. told you guys, I do not think the Padres will win one game in this series. Not one. I think the Padres are toast, and I think the Dodgers are on fire. That's why you're Dodgers- jumping chip. Gotcha. Say that again. <laughs> That's why you're jumping ships. Gotcha. No, no, there's no jumping ship. There's no jumping ship. I'm just real. I'm just, I'm a realist. So that just means that you can't wear the Kaplan shirt in the Dodger logo yeah. because then you're yeah. wearing the Dodger blue and you right. are a Padre fan. fan, a Padre supporter. You wore the swag chain for like three weeks straight without That's washing right. it. it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So you got to stick with that. And, yeah. you know, we don't need that. We, need, we yeah. don't need that. But I feel like, I feel like, you know what? Um, it's also like a like, fake Dodger thing. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, it's 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 you got to understand where this comes from. You know, for 20 years in San Diego and, uh, you know, people get very offended. Like, oh, you went to 710 in L.A. Oh, you're a sellout. So then they started making these L.A. cap T-shirts, you know. Mm. 
I kind of, I'm kind of digging the L.A. cap though for the night. <laughs> nah, 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 Kurt. Like, he's he's Kurt, also a giant Kurt. fan, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, but no, this you, is, you don't do that. This no. is like when USC fans wear uh, blue and gold. <laughs> And try, but it says like USC or something yeah. on it. Like, and like, why are you wearing our colors? Yeah, don't, don't do it that. Look, it looks weird. How for would you. you feel if Kaplan would go to the bay rocking something of your team, knowing but that he's that now that he's not a fan? You would not like it. Be real, Kirk. You wouldn't. I like mean, it. we all want to be a part of winners, and I think he realizes that that wearing the Kaplan tonight, he 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 can win now. You know, Cap. I, I know if the Dodgers just so happen to lose tonight and the Padres win. He could just take your shirt off and just be like, "Yeah, we did it tonight." You know what I mean? So. Kirk, Kirk. Maybe, maybe what I'll do is maybe I'll just wear a black T-shirt and be neutral. Yeah, there you, be neutral. There you but go, Kirk. How would you feel if he was at a? It was up in San Francisco at I don't know what the name of your park is anymore. It changes every year. Yeah, the, it's either Pac Bell or Oracle Park. AT&T, Oracle, Oracles. Yeah, see, there's a thousand of them. But if he was wearing that like creamsicle color jersey, how would you feel? Um. Yeah, I would probably let him know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Funny. You know what's exactly. funny about that? It's so funny you guys say that because the other day, I don't know if you guys saw this up at Dodger mm. Stadium, but Drew Brees showed up at Dodger Stadium. He did. And, and so Drew Brees is a guy who is from Texas, and he's standing there talking to Clayton Kershaw, who's a fellow Texan, right? And Brees, who did not grow up a Dodger fan and isn't even a Dodger fan. In fact, his kids were there because they were fans of a couple of players on the Mets team. Yeah, Javi Baez. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, Javi Baez fans. <laughs> so so Breeze shows up, and he's wearing a Dodger hat and a Dodger jersey. Yes. And, and it's like, okay, he's there to see Kershaw and to visit the Dodgers as a football celebrity. So while he's there, even though he's not necessarily a Dodger fan, he's showing support for the team that he's visiting that night. And he's getting destroyed, by the way, on social media <laughs> from fans yeah. from around the country. They're like, you're not a Dodger fan. Take that Dodger jersey off, you know? Yep. Nah, he tweaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's I doing. love it. That's <laughs> how Cap going to be if he wears that Kaplan L.A. shirt. <laughs> I'm not wearing either shirt, man. I'm just going to go there like a normal person and just sort of try and blend Okay, in, but my so. thing is, you are a Padres fan. You've been rocking with your Padres since you got on the station. Now your Padres suck. And you don't want to rep the team that sucks. I rep the Lakers when they sucked. Okay, so you I want me to wear the, the swag chain T-shirt. Is I mean, it's ugly. Me? I'm just saying you should rep your team. Okay, stay right, loyal. You got it. You got it. So, hey, listen, I asked you for your advice. You gave it to me. You got yeah. it, girl. You got yeah. it. Now, if you I, do I wear it, it and the Dodgers lose tonight, then people are going to tell you to wear the other shirt. You know, right? But here's the other problem. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> if I wear it tonight and the Padres wind up winning, people are going to go back and they're going to go. Last time you did this, they went on like a nine-game winning streak. You got to keep wearing the swag chain T-shirt. But I think they're done. I think they're toast. <laughs> so, hey, um, Kirk, let me ask you a question. Are you sure. following the uh, milk crate challenge? Uh, I, I am following it. Yes. Okay. Do you think you could do it? I think that I would never try it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I told these guys yesterday, I have this ridiculous um, confidence that I feel like I can do stuff like this. Uh, I don't know why. I don't have particularly good balance. No. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old now. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I look at it and I think I can do it. Bergman says if you gave him $10,000, he would attempt to do yep. it. Oh. Let's do it. No, I mean, but you have to go through it. But my th- my whole thing is this, Lord Greg Cap. This is all of, I want to ask you guys. 
Go ahead. You got last thought here in 30 seconds because we're getting out of here. Where the hell are they getting all of these crates from? I ain't never seen a crate. I, where all these crates come from, it's like the invasion of the crates. Everywhere you go, I'm like, <laughs> where are all, all these crates coming out. from? <laughs> somebody sent us, didn't somebody send us some information about this yesterday that that they that they were selling them like crazy at like Home Depot or someplace? They're on Amazon now. The invasion no of the crates. I promise you. Go to Amazon, type in crates. They're selling crates now. I'm done. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, listen, we're back tomorrow. DeMarco is in. Um, Don't forget, we got our big event coming up on Friday at Hollywood Park Casino. For Laura and Greg and Kirk Morrison, this is Cap. Until tomorrow, everybody, peace.